gone about grabbing his second opportunity is really admirable and I think inspirational. If Rossburn had an Australian grandmother, he would have 60 or 70 caps for the Wallabies right now. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Ball Daily. And you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. Happy Easter, folks. We hope you're doing okay around the country and all set for the longer evening. So the GA Championship starts today in football and in hurling as well, the John McDonough Cup. Hard to get your head around it, really, but it is upon us. We will look ahead to the football summer on the Saturday panel with John O'Mahony, Pillar Caffrey and Alan Mangan at about half one. What happened to Rory McIlroy at the Masters? Can Shane Larry challenge leader Brooks Koepka? A lot to talk about with the former European Tour pro Gary Murphy at about 2.35, all the happenings at Augusta. Football Saturday, as always, as well, folks, between three and five on the show this week. David Connolly, Dan McDonnell and Shane Keegan as we bring you all the latest Premier League scores and discuss the big stories of the week. Mick McCarthy sacked today as manager of Blackpool. 53106 is the number for your texts. Want to share your opinions with us when it comes to sport? If you have any questions as well for our guests during the show, you can tweet us as well, at Off the Ball, if you'd like. We'll start off the show, as always, with the news round. Wexford's finest, Aidan Delaney. Aidan, how are you? I'm not too bad, thanks, John. Yourself? You're going to have an Easter egg tomorrow? I will. I have one of them new chunky ones. I want to see how chunky it actually is. I've it's been, a I've been hold- No, it's, it's just, it's a normal dairy milk, but it's called a chunky egg. Because always people are always saying that the eggs are too hollow and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see what that's going to be like. I had to stop myself from tearing into it last night, but I said no. I'm going to wait. wait till Sunday, Patient yeah. man. Is there any kind of chocolate in it? You know the way they have the egg and then they've got the chocolate on the side. That's what I'm, I'm trying to see. I want to see what's actually inside there it. There is so. something inside it, isn't Yeah, it? there seems to be. There's some sort of rattle there anyway. Okay, so. well, fair enough. <laughs> we'll okay. wait and see. Well, somebody's rattled uh, this weekend is Rory McIlroy at yeah. Augusta. Yeah, it's, that's where we're going to start the news round. Yeah, the world number two shot a nightmare five over par round of 77 at Augusta National yesterday. That leaves him five over par all round and he looks set to miss the cut. Uh, Brooks Kepka holds a four shot lead on 12 under. Shane Lowry's currently in a tie for 10th. He's on four under par and of course the action just about getting back underway following the weather delay and that meant a lot of players didn't finish their second rounds yesterday uh, the Offaly man Larry he'll finish his second round later today after play was suspended with that adverse weather Northern Irish man Matthew McLean also set to miss the cut but he sits in a tie for 74th on 7 over par he did have a dream start to take a very early lead on Thursday and speaking after finishing his round yesterday he says those are memories that he'll take further into his career yeah, it was great. It's, I don't know what the count. The cup might be two or three, so probably going to miss it by four. So, yeah, it could have easily saved two each day out there. But, um, no, it was tough. I was happy the way I played and uh, battled at the end there to make a sort of a lottery four at the last there, which is a nice way to finish. So, um, yeah, it was a great week, as I said, sort of relaxing, get to go out and watch a bit of the golf and just enjoy it as well. So, um, yeah, the week's been great. The mistakes that you might have made out there, were they more uh, not knowing the course? Were they mental or were they execution of shots? Yeah, I know. I think where I missed it in the wrong place, I knew as soon as I hit it. So I think I sort of knew the course as well as I could going into it. Um, yeah, I just I made a couple of doubles, or three doubles over the two days, and that was pretty much it. So I could have turned those three doubles into, you know, bogeys and saved one other, then that's all it was. So um, overall, yeah, pretty happy. I know your goal was to be uh, low am, but it looks like Sam Bennett might run away with that. Have you seen what he's been doing? What do you think of that? Yeah, it's like I don't think anyone thought like anyone could go anywhere near that. So I think if you just make the cut round here, you have a fair chance of winning it. So um, yeah, I think if he shoots like four, four under, four under. So um, yeah, that's unbelievable. Like I, if I don't know, is he the only amateur making the cut? Is he? Uh, Possibly, but yeah, if he's playing like that, he, he like he deserves it. I don't, 
I wasn't getting near yet under 32 rides. So, yeah, that's unbelievable. And I'm sure if he plays like that as an amateur here, he'll be back one day as a pro. So, um, fair play to him, yeah. Where do you go from here? Uh, well, I'd say I was just going to relax over the weekend and then I fly home on Monday. We've got a tournament out in Spain for Ireland um, Sunday after. So, uh, just have a few days off, relax, just enjoy the rest of the weekend and then um, sort of back to play a golf obviously gonna be not quite as uh, high as this but uh, it'll still be still be really good competition against really good players so um, a couple of days off and then just back at it really we might see you at Aaron Hills again someday yeah yeah they'll have me I'm sure if I'm in the area I'll call up for a game yeah I'd love to head, love to head back yeah well can we explain this Rory McIlroy it's hard to it's hard to put into words really I mean he just it was very disappointing. You could see him out on the course and there was just a real frustration but also a kind of resignation. I was talking to Aidan about this earlier and it's almost better for him. I mean, you know, you take a small victory from this that he finished his round out before play was suspended because can you imagine going down the 18th today knowing you've missed the cut and having to wait and finish out your round? That would have been... Yeah, he's already in the jet back to Florida. Yeah. He's, regroup. He's, yeah. He's actually a member at Oak Hill where the next major is. Right. The PGA in May. And luckily for golfers that have maybe missed cuts and, you know, uh, issues that Roy's had this week, that there is another chance you can get back in the, the sun rise again and you get back to it. But maybe he just needs to stop talking. And stop, stop doing talking mid round anyway. <laughs> stop talking. Yeah. Well, there you go. Like yeah. that was that was just that just struck me as look. Heinz has a great thing. We can all like yeah. he's leading the Masters. Wasn't it? Wasn't the in the mid round interview such a? It was so relaxed. Mm. So everybody with twenty twenty vision can say can say anything. Yeah. But it just it's I feel very disappointed for him because it just seems to be that he's got a mental block around there because it's not a physical thing and it's not the way he was playing because he reached semi finals match play. Mm-hmm. It's one, one tweet that kind of caught my eye today is Oliver Brown from The Telegraph. He says, you know, McElroy is 17 shots behind Brooks Kepka. Okay, Kepka's on a bit of a run of form, but, you know, one of his big live rivals. He's 13 shots behind an amateur, Sam Bennett, and he's five behind 63-year-old Fred Couples. So I think that kind of sums up where McElroy is at the minute. You know, he just hasn't found the... the there's a code to getting around Augusta and he just hasn't managed to crack that code yet and like you say maybe he needs to go to a PGA and kind of just get that major monkey off his back and then maybe the Masters yeah. monkey will go too because he said the scar tissue had kind of dissipated after last year 64 closing around he felt he'd made a breakthrough by finishing second to Scotty Scheffler but obviously that's all unraveled now it's just oh, I don't know where yeah. you don't know where to begin and it's, now, it's still like nine years and like Brooks Kepka wins now on Sunday and because he's, he's quite an automaton I mean that in the best possible way in terms of just being able to just go on autopilot to win golf tournaments and win majors he'll have more majors than McElroy when he's younger yeah that's insane and it's just the I think it's the circus that follows him all week we were talking about how he was a lot of people were saying he was like a quiet favourite for this and shouting it quite loudly which I thought was a bit of an oxymoron um, but I just feel when there's that hype around McElroy he doesn't tend to do very well in terms of dealing with that, it is difficult. And obviously, the hype is exacerbated now because of what's happening between the PGA Tour and Liv. Liv. And Brooks mm. is obviously a Liv golfer. Mm. See Greg Norman cracking the champagne open tomorrow night <laughs> yeah. if uh, Brooks wins. But John Ram is chasing him down as well. He's a nine under par. He's only three shots off the lead with 27 holes of his Masters played. Who's going to win it now from here? I had said John Ram at the start of the week and then that double bogey in the first kind of put me back on my box a little bit. But he is still hanging in there. And I think Kepka, you know, he has been kind of near the 
end of the Masters before he was kind of watching Tiger Woods win it in 2019 and kind of he still feels a bit sore about that I think he did mention that in the, the full swing documentary as well that you know that was kind of the one that got away so if if Kepka can kind of hold on through today um, I think he might win it out but I think John Ram is just you mentioned an automaton I think John Ram is one of those as well just this big hulking man and you can just see him kind of just knocking off a few birdies and it just depends on the kind of mental toughness now of Kepka if he can manage to put those 2019 ghosts away and manage to hold on but I still think that maybe Ram is the man I think it's going to be Kepka although I really want to see Sam Bennett yeah, um, that'd be lovely. push him all the way and get to maybe second or even win it it'd be a brilliant story like he's weathered the conditions much better than some of the much more seasoned pros so he's a great story out of this and look we've probably two maybe three more days of golf ahead of us so looking forward to it generally yeah Shane Lowry obviously tied for 10th at the moment it'd be great to hear from Matt McLean there as well after his uh, brilliant week at Augusta just such a great experience from Matt hopefully being the Walker Cup team later in the year now Man United have scored 1-0 against Everton Scott McTominay he's been in fine scoring form recently he remember scoring for Scotland and uh, he's got the uh, opener there at uh, Old Trafford yeah, especially when, you know, Casemiro not being in there and this is the final game of his ban, so he should be back for the next couple of games. But McTominay has been an able deputy. I thought Sabitzer has kind of had good games and get bad games. He really should have put United one ahead earlier on in this game as well. Uh, United have had some really decent chances. Um, Anthony was absolutely robbed by one of the, the Everton fullbacks when he had basically the whole net to shoot into. And uh, I think, I can't remember the second shot there. It was uh, Aaron Wambasaka was all on his own in the box as well and he managed to put it wide. So United just one up at the minutes with 41 minutes on the clock, but there really could be two or three. And Everton haven't offered a whole lot going forward as of yet. But they generally uh, don't. And that's yeah. the problem for them now given they're behind. Like, I suppose they did well at Chelsea to, to draw 2-2, two, two, but you know what Chelsea's form has been like, so you'd expect United to kick on from here and win. That's it, and it, it, it just shows the kind of, probably the latency in the um, the United full-backs or centre-backs in that Ellis Sims got through fairly early on the Everton striker and probably should have put yeah, away Maguire's in Maguire's in today, um, Varane on the bench. And Maguire hasn't looked great. No, so he far. he might have just given away a penalty. It was one of those kind of ones where he's grabbing the, the attacker. It was Ellis Sims who had kind of just gotten the wrong side of him. It was one of those ones that would have been a harsh penalty to give, but, you know, it's just Maguire, don't give the referee an opportunity to give a penalty against you. And he looked like a, a bit, yeah, it looked like a bit of a, a tackle out of desperation, really. Yeah, it's uh, Maguire, Wambasak and Malassia, three of the four United defenders um, are coming into the team today from the uh, win during the week against Brentford. And for Everton, Sims is in, as you say, with obviously uh, Decore's band, isn't he? Mm-hmm. What else we got going on? A lot of matches in the Premier League today. Yeah, so eight games overall today. This one is, of course, 1-0 with 42 minutes on the clock. Relegation rivals for Everton, Nottingham Forest. They travel to high-flying Aston Villa at 3 o'clock. At the same time, Brentford entertain Newcastle. David Moyes will look to alleviate the pressure when his West Ham side travel to Fulham. It's 18th against 19th as managerless Leicester take on Bournemouth. Tottenham entertain Brighton and Wolves take on Chelsea at Molyneux, which is, uh, of course, Frank Lampard's second first game in charge <laughs> at half five uh, of course his first first game in charge was which game do you know this one this is a trivia question um, was it not Bohemians it was Bohemians with Evan Ferguson making his, his big announcement on the day I still have a job go on <laughs> yeah so at half five we have bottom side uh, Southampton welcoming Manchester City to St Mary's it's the third time the sides have met this season and the home side have had a different manager for each of those games Ralph Hasenhutl oversaw the Saints 4-0 loss to Pep Guardiola's side in October while Nathan Jones was in charge for the shock 2-0 win in the Carabao Cup Ruben Sellers is now the man in the dugout for Southampton and we can hear now from Pep Guardiola 
Guardiola, who was speaking to the media this week. He says that chopping and changing managers in the Premier League is a part of the game that he's not a massive fan of. Modern times, unfortunately. So before it was more difficult to sack managers, today is uh, around the corner. So you get results, you are in danger. Does it make it almost like preparing for a completely different side then each time as well? Or can you still take aspects of the games where you faced them previously? But if you would, the manager was appointed uh, yesterday, it would be difficult, but already uh, played yeah, a few games you know, with a new manager. So, And the patterns is quite clear. Uh, and... Uh, but now every every team is playing for something, so it's the same important fight for the Premier League than fight to be in the Premier League. So that's why every game has his uh, own characteristics, and and you have to be ready because Southampton always have been so tough there since. Uh, the day we made our hundred points in the ninety-four minutes, and the game, the day we we won, they were much much better than us. And after games that we play really good, we draw and we draw. So always have been a tough tough games, and I had the feeling that tomorrow will not be an exception. Yeah, Pep Guardiola there uh, talking up Southampton as he usually does. Um, just some of the games that are on at the minute. I can tell you it's just coming up to half time in the All Firm Derby. It's Celtic 1, Rangers 1. Kyogo had opened the scoring after 26 minutes in this game, and James Tavernier has just equalised right on the stroke of half time. So just coming up to the break there, Kyogo's goal and Tavernier's goal means it's Celtic 1, Rangers 1. And just the app I'm following this game on uh, says that there's been yellow cards for fighting so far. So in an All Firm Derby that's exactly what you'd expect this early in the day but uh, yeah the Celtic Rangers is it a game that still captures the imagination do you think? Not for me I have to say it depends. Now if I went up to Parkhead or to Ibrox and I was the if you're there, Ibrox, I suppose, yeah, you'd so. absolutely be coming home and you'd be saying exactly the opposite no. um, I just feel that uh, it's almost like the league does a disservice almost to both clubs in a way you know they need each other in the league but I, I, I'd love to see them in a I'd love to see them in play down south of the border to be honest well, I think um, there's been that debate on Twitter uh, all week uh, about the old firm. And I think a lot of people who follow Celtic or Rangers have said, no, it's a massive, massive game. It's much bigger than any of the Premier League derbies, with the exception of maybe Liverpool United. And that's fine if you're following those clubs. But outside of that Scottish Premiership bubble, it might, mightn't seem as big a game. Um, I've been reminded daily at this stage of my debate with Ashling O'Reilly about who's bigger Leeds or Celtic but I think when you're in that Scottish Premiership old firm bubble it can seem like the biggest thing in the world and therefore feels like it's a big game generally but I would argue that like Red Star Belgrade that that derby is huge in Serbia but it's not a massive game in the context of the world game so there is a bit of relativism that's going on right now and I think we're starting to see with the lack of success of both clubs in Europe, for instance, that um, maybe it is diminishing just a little bit. 
Just a bit of context as well. A win for Postacoglu's side would take them 12 points ahead of their rivals, who are their nearest challenges in the table. Uh, that's a, That would be a 16th win in a row, I think, for Celtic, and a 12th win in a row if Rangers managed to get the victory. So they're just swatting teams aside. And I suppose yeah. this is the big game every year. But, um, you know, they, they have, they're have they still entertaining games. You know, you're still I'd getting love to go. Like I think we'd all love to go to it. I'd love yeah, to go. Sure. Um, but I think there's a degree of lack of nuance in the debate uh, about Celtic Rangers that is an absolutism uh, when it comes to the views of people that it's like you know how dare you even how dare you say it has diminished mm-hmm. uh, when well what about the nuance you've just given about the European performances all that kind of thing so um, yeah that's where we're at uh, Burnley promoted to the Premier League last night with a 2-1 win over Middlesbrough so Josh Cullen Michael Obafemi in the top flight next season if they stay at Burnley and no reason to expect they wouldn't but uh, big news today from the other side of the table yeah, Mick McCarthy says the best decision has been made for everyone as he leaves his role as manager of Blackpool by mutual consent. They're second from the bottom in the championship table after losing 3-1 to Cardiff yesterday. His assistant, Terry Connor TC, has also left and Stephen Dobby will take charge for the rest of the season. More clubs in Tiger Woods, Mick McCarthy. And you can, you can be guaranteed he'll be like firefighting somewhere else now. Uh, very soon. Well, so I mean, fair. Leicester are looking for a manager, so maybe you could go up to them. <laughs> um, even though Martin O'Neill was linked with that job this yeah, week. Yeah, that was a strange link, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. But um, it doesn't look good for Mick when, uh, you know, the two teams, like either side of you in the bottom three, have had their points docked in Reading and Wigan this year, and they're still like sandwiched between them. If you can't get a tune out of a team like that, it doesn't, you know, yeah. it doesn't bode well, does it? We have a game this evening in Austin. Yeah, the Irish women's team continuing their preparations for the World Cup Vera Pau side take on the US in a friendly at half past seven Irish time. Denise O'Sullivan also set to make her 100th appearance for her country in that game. Let's go back to the rugby from yesterday. Leinster are through to the semi-finals of the Heineken Champions Cup. Leo Cullen's side were 55 points to 24 winners over the Leicester Tigers at the Aviva Stadium. They'll face the winner of Toulouse versus the Sharks. That kicks off at three o'clock this afternoon. And the Blues boss Cullen says it was a condensed build-up this week after last Saturday's win over Ulster, but he was proud of the performance they put on. It's such a strange thing, isn't it? Like the last 16, uh, there's a 10-week lead into that game and then you have a six-day lead into the, this game. So. Yeah, how was this week with that? Uh, it's just trying to get the right balance, isn't it, between freshness, recovery, a bit of training um, to give a certain level of intensity. Um, you know, big credit to everyone, you know, Claire and everyone in ticketing to try and to get it because to get the game solved because like there's so much distractions on this time of year, isn't it, with Easter and it's a real sort of family time um, and people have their plans and traditions and all the rest. So, but I thought it was a great atmosphere out there. Um, guys responded well. Um, lots of good stuff in the first half. Maybe forced things a little bit at times. Um, you know, big moment there, like just before half time, where I thought we might have had a penalty in the middle of the field, and suddenly less for the penalty. Then they kicked to our end of the field. We go from 17-3 to 17-10, and you know we just led. We were a little bit quiet in the dressing room at half time. Um, then Kalen goes to the bin to start the second half and they're down to 14 players at 17-10 so it was a huge moment that scrum um, down just outside the 22 again like I thought we might have had a penalty from the mall but we, we get a penalty down from the scrum um, with 7 players 7 forwards so that was a real big shift I think psychologically uh, Ross kicks the penalty and then we managed the next period pretty well so um, yeah so, and then some lots of good stuff in that, that 15 minute period in particular so how we managed that I guess the 
period with 14 men and uh, you know, so that that 10 minutes plus the 10-15 minutes after as well so um, I took the game away from Leicester suddenly they got in the bin at that stage but they lose a guy to the bin then later on as well so um, yeah lots of really good stuff in the game again you know we're still looking for the perfect game so um, but the main thing is we're through the next round now and um yeah, we get to, I guess, by playing on Friday, we get to enjoy yeah. the next uh, couple of days and you know, watch the other quarterfinals because they're three fascinating matchups. Yeah, it could be Leinster to lose again in the semi final in three weeks' time if they win today. Yeah, wow. What a tantalising fixture that would be. Um, or the Sharks. I mean, the Sharks were really, really good in that second half against Munster last weekend, so could be them again. But you looked at that game last night and there was a period maybe early on that Leicester were coming at Leinster and maybe giving them something to think about and Kenan Doris was playing open side and I don't think he's very comfortable in anywhere outside of number 8 and he did get a yellow card so you could see that maybe he wasn't he was a little bit out of sorts but then just their go forward play Leinster were absolutely phenomenal I thought Ringrose had one of his best games that I've seen in a really good year for him already it was brilliant and Jimmy O'Brien was class they just look irresistible right now. As they did last year when they walloped to lose in that semi-final and then obviously went down to France, got beaten by La Rochelle. But the final is in Dublin this year, which is a big thing for Leinster if they can overcome the, the hurdle of the semi-final if it is to lose. So it is, is it a straight path of yes. Aviva games yes, now until yeah, then? Yeah. Right. There's only two more games. Yeah, They have to win it this year. Like If they don't win it, it's, it's, it is a failure. Given, they're, given they're, they're so well coached, they've got such good talent, They've been so good in competitions over the last five years, but they got to win it this year. It's very interesting that you mentioned the obstacles that they've had to overcome because they have, you know, it hasn't been all plain sailing. I mean, obviously winning so many games in a row has been brilliant for them, but, you know, they have suffered injuries. We've seen Ryan Baird go off. Uh, Jimmy O'Brien has kind of played every single place. I'm kind of worried that he's going to take my position here because he's just brilliant at everything, <laughs> everything that he does. Like he could probably be manager there if he wanted to as well. He's been just able to slot into any single role there. Uh, you know, we all had questions about whether Ross Byrne is good enough and Brian O'Driscoll was talking about how he needs to come to the line more and yet, you know, I think he gets a, a jackal penalty there last night as well. So, you know, even he's mucking in with the defensive effort. And, you know, if Ross Byrne is doing that, you know, are you really missing Jonathan Sexton? Obviously, you would with somebody of that talent. But, you know, Ross Byrne has really been a platform for a side that managed to put 55 points on a really, really good Leicester side as well. So every single obstacle that they've come to, they've just leapt over it with absolute ease. Uh, to lose would be a, a different prospect, Um I think they'll probably get the the, the rub of the win over the Sharks today. Sharks having to come to France, I think, is, is a big uh, test for them as well. But the Sharks did look pretty decent against Munster last time out. Um, yeah, just some of the other games on today as well. We've got the Exeter Chiefs taking on the Stormers. That's also a South African side coming up to this hemisphere. Uh, that's a half-five throw-in. And we also have the Glasgow Warriors taking on the Lions. Uh, that's an eight o'clock kickoff for that one in the Challenge Cup. So Cameron, you had the split screen uh, last night to watch Bowes Rovers as well yeah I did um, both excellent games between the Leinster-Leicester game and um, Bowes Rovers but Rovers just looked like they were back to themselves last night they were brilliant you could see them surge up the table now after this uh, yeah you could That's very the, lost exactly and I just thought they weren't totally um, infallible last night I think there was definitely room for Bohemians to do stuff but um Jonathan Afalabi is the sole striker for both at the moment and he really struggled. You could see uh, with the way Rovers had set up defensively that they weren't going to get much luck in terms of shots. And on the other side of the pitch, Graham Burke, 
I, best game I've seen him play in a long time. He was really, really great. Ferruja was brilliant. Rory Gaffney got his goal and Jack Byrne, you know, pulling the strings in midfield. They just look like a change team from what we've seen the last couple of weeks. We will talk to Shane Keegan, Dan McDonnell about this on Football Saturday between three and five. It is day one of the championship yeah, the Connacht Senior Football Championship getting underway this afternoon. London taking on Sligo in Royslip from 3 o'clock. Leitrim then are across the pond. They face New York at the Gaelic Grounds. That's an 11 o'clock Irish time throw-in if you do plan to stay up for that. And then there's one game in the Ulster Senior Football Championship recently relegated from Division 1 Armagh. They take on Antrim in the preliminary round. Throw-in at the Athletic Grounds is 5 o'clock this evening. Uh, we'll come back to that in a moment. What else do you have? Yes, we have uh, boxing news. Anthony Joshua says he'll be back in the ring within the next three months. Britain's former heavyweight boxing world champion beat Jermaine Franklin last weekend, his first victory in almost two and a half years. And Joshua says he doesn't know who his next opponent will be, but it will be within three months. And racing? Yeah, so there's action today at Cork. The first is the eight race card. Off, uh, that one is just underway in Cork. And the seven race card at Ferry House getting underway at ten past two. Irish Grand National Festival, Lord Lariat, out of Monday race the defending champion 30 runners declared for the big one on Monday remember focus your binging on sport this weekend to pick out your best performance of the weekend whether it's a player manager even the ref tune in to OTB's Instagram page tomorrow evening Sunday leave your selection in the comments under our performance rankings post if your selection matches our top pick live on Monday's OTB AM you're with a chance then of winning a Gillette Labs exfoliating razor skin guard shaving gel and a refill blades pack that is the Gillette Labs performance rankings for an effortless finish to your day okay the championship GA football winners are Cameron oh Mayo well obviously you're going to say that <laughs> 72 years later rational logical Mayo fan that I am and Aiden. I really don't want to say Dublin but I'm starting to really believe it now going to say Cluxton Dublin, coming back in McCaffrey I think it's just uh... Dark Horses Cameron Ooh, I'm going to go with Derry I think they would have learned a lot from last weekend and uh, I don't think their story's done just yet Dark Horses are I'd love to see Roscommon do, give it a real rattle this year I think they can have be pretty happy with their performances against you know the tides sides in the league so far and I think they'll give Mayo a real rattle tomorrow and footballer of the year will be if it's Mayo to win the All-Ireland is Aidan O'Shea? No even though he's played really well he was brilliant in the league final last week I thought especially off the ball but I think Tommy Conroy is going to be the difference this year Footballer of the year will be? If Mayo do it it'll be Ryan O'Donoghue who I've been absolutely really impressed with him and I think he's definitely a key aspect for them going forward into the summer. Okay, Aidan Delaney, Cameron Hill, thanks so much for the news round coming up after the break. It is football on the Saturday panel, Gaelic football, as we build up to the start of the championship with John O'Mahony, Pillar Caffrey and Alan Mangan. Off the ball Saturday on News Talk is back after this.